Well, uh, three, two, one. Welcome to Under the Cushions, Between the Cushions. I can't, I can't remember what I called this show. <laughs> um, it's either under the, I think it's Under the Cushions. Um, Let's go Under the Cushions. <laughs> under the Cushions. Um, I am your host, Jonathan, and joining with me uh, is uh, the other voice of Couch Confessions, uh, David. How's it going, man? Hey, it's going great, Jonathan. It's great to be back uh, on the couch under the couch. Yeah. yeah. Well, all the good stuff. The, the whole idea was all the good stuff is under the cushions, you know? That's right. That's, yeah. Well, where's the yeah. remote? It's probably under the cushions. <laughs> I lost my phone. Probably under the cushions. Hey, there's a quarter under there. Yeah. All that delicious food that you were eating <laughs> on the couch has fallen through. And you can yeah. find some leftovers down in there. I, uh, I found some Mike and Ikes. I was doing some cleaning the other day and flipped uh, my couch cushions <laughs> over. And I'm like, oh, I knew I lost that Mike and Ike. Jonathan, yeah. I didn't know people ate Mike and, Mike and Dude, Ike still. Dude, I love me some Mike and Ikes. I love me some Mike and Ikes. Oh, my gosh. I, uh, that, I The last time I had them was in from that, like, dispensing machine, man. That's <laughs> the last time I've had a Mike and Ike. And then... No, you got to get the big boxes of them, dude. And and the original, oh, yeah. the the tropical flavors are all right, but the originals are my favorites. Yeah, you heard that listeners, go for the original. Always That's go right. for the original. The 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 good old green pack. Mm. Um, well, man, it's good to be talking to you again, and I I've been really excited about this cuz I really wanted to hear uh some of your story. Um Yeah. One of the things that I I've really loved uh about doing these interviews is so obviously with uh, BLH and Couch Confessions, a lot of what we're doing is is um, we're talking about God, we're talking about religion, spirituality, all these things. Um, but each of us has now this is going to sound kind of universalist, and I don't mean it in that way. But each of us has kind of a different take on these things, right? Um, not that we don't all adhere to orthodoxy or we don't all adhere to like the truth of scripture but how we each approach these things is going to be different based on our experiences based on our lives based on how we've been taught not that you know that that changes the truth of scripture per se but just how how do we come to scripture and uh when um when i talked to zach uh, one of the things that was really big in with him and and really you know we we've both seen this in our own friendship with him was um, was this relational aspect and how he views God as this very relational being um, and he is I, you know obviously from scripture you can see that oh but, yeah but the thing that that brought that out in him was his grandfather and how much he admired his grandfather and how. Uh, you know, that's not the only thing, but, you know, I'm just kind of extrapolating a little bit. You know, his grandfather was very relational, and he was very proactive in building these relationships. And so, as a result, you know, Zach has kind of transferred some of those representations of his grandfather into his 
perception or, or that's kind of like the lens that he views God from. And so anytime he's approaching religion or spirituality, there's that lens that he he views God with. And um, that's, that's what I, I find really intriguing and, and kind of talking to people and seeing, you know, why is it the way, why, why do they view things the way they view things? Why do they view God the way they view God? And I think if we're going to be talking about religion and spirituality and all that stuff, people kind of need to know where we're coming from and, and why we view things the way we do. Oh yeah. No, uh, I completely agree with you. And, and you're right. Knowing Zach for a very long time now, uh, and knowing the important role that his uh, grandfather played in his uh, spiritual development, it was, it's, it was massive. Um, and, you know, he's taken away so much from the, his grandfather's life and legacy. And, uh, and that's what I always think about when I think of Zach is, you know, his, his spiritual legacy, mm-hmm. you know, um, of his family, uh, both with him, his father, his grandfather, and obviously his mom, you know, and everything. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that, that's, that's his story. That's part of his story, part of his right. history. So, yeah. And yeah, so, we, so I'm, we I'm, have something, right? So exactly. I'm, I'm really excited to kind of hear that from you and, and kind of, um, see what it is that, that makes you, you, and you know, how, how you got to be, <laughs> you know, how, how you view God and why you view him that way. And, you know, I'm saying God, obviously, you know, God, religion, spirituality, not that these things are, all the same, but we're, we're going to, you know, just kind of broad strokes with these, these different ideas. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I don't get hung up. You, you know me already way too well to know I don't get hung up on names for God, you know? I mean, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's, that's so, uh, when talking about, uh, religion and spirituality and, and who God is and my theology, you know, it's, yeah, it's a long story, man. So buckle up, listeners. <laughs> <laughs> this is good. Well, before we get into that, I do have um, a random little icebreaker. Just a, a you know, I, I wanted to see if um, the King and I was in public domain. If the if the music for the King and I was in public domain, because there's that little tune, "Getting to Know You," "Getting to Know All." You know that one? <laughs> I wanted to see if I could put that in. I don't the know program. that one, but thanks for that. Yeah, yeah. I wanted to see if I could put that in the program without getting copyright streak. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I don't, I don't, don't know get how sued, musicals man. work. Don't get sued. <laughs> it's not. It's not on Broadway right now, so I think we're we should be good. I don't know. Yeah, all right. Yeah. Anywho, um, so I've got um five uh questions here. Um, you're not going to answer all five. If you get a dud, we might answer a second one but i just want you to um we did that with zach so uh, you know fair is fair dud. yeah i just i didn't think it applied to him too well but um, okay but right. it, it kind of did you know um anyways uh i want you to pick a number between one and five and that's going to determine the question you get asked so uh, any number between one and five do they have to be whole integers Yes, yeah. <laughs> unless you want some really weird questions that don't yeah. quite make sense. <laughs> uh, let's split it right down the middle, three. All right, three. let's see what we got here. You know, choosing okay. the second one is going to be tremendously difficult now. <laughs> What's your favorite movie? Uh, that's a no-brainer. Uh, oh, wait a second. Oh. Not a no-brainer. Uh, really? favorite movie. I hate this question 
because do series count or does it have to be an individual you know what film? this is my show i'll make the rules you can do a series if you want thank you okay everybody who knows me <laughs> anybody who knows me knows that star wars is by far the best movie series ever created oh okay 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 you see what um, i'm saying there it's acceptable yeah, yeah. uh, oh don't don't do this to me i all right what are you calling the series are you calling the original trilogy you call the original the trilogy the original okay. trilogy okay fair enough fair enough i don't think you'll get much hate off of that i can't um, who's gonna hate me for saying the original star wars trilogy was far before his time, you know, I mean, or, or it's just wonderful, man. Wonderful. Yeah, yeah, it, it was pretty good. I, uh, I grew up with the prequels. I mean, we're we're, we're the same age, and so yeah, obviously that's we grew right. up at the same time. But um, those always stuck out more to me. Um, I I'm the kind of person that didn't watch Andy Griffith uh, because it was in black and white, and I'm like, I've got cartoons that are in color. So yeah, why would I do that? That makes um, sense. And so it was kind of the same. I'm like. Yeah, that Obi Wan Darth Vader fight was kind of blah, you know. But the the Obi Wan Anakin fight. No, mm. no. <laughs> oh my gosh, man, no. Okay, all right. Well, I, we're still I, friends. I can respect. I can okay. respect your opinion, though. You know, yeah, those yeah. are those are classics. For I grew reason. up on the classics. I remember getting the VHS set, uh, oh. the trilogy set. And literally watching it hundreds of times. That's not an exaggeration. Hundreds of really? times. Yeah. So, yeah, by far the favorite movie series ever. So, you those those were your favorites, okay? Yeah. Now, uh, let's ask the controversial question. Mm. Since then, mm-hmm. okay, mm-hmm. what what do you do with everything after that? Everything after the original trilogy. Yes. Okay, so as far as my favorite since then, since that or, moment? Or just your likes or dislikes or your... Uh, okay, well, you know, <laughs> the prequels, uh, they, they, made some, they, made, they made some mistakes. But everybody okay. makes mistakes, Jonathan, you know? <laughs> and so, like, you got to move on, you know, from those mistakes. They supplied and, us with a lot of great memes. Yeah, they supplied us with, um, with a lot of great memes, uh, Liam Neeson is part of Star Wars universe. You know, mm-hmm. uh, Ian McGregor is probably one of the the best things that ever happened to the Star Wars universe. So you know, sure. you get you get a lot of things right, and you get some things wrong. You know, it it's life. It's life, <laughs> right? Yeah. Okay. So so um, let's get into some more of the the actual questions. Um, so the first one, uh, is, uh, what are you, what are you passionate about? And, and this is a pretty big topic. And so you can go as narrow as you want to go. Um, it can be just simply like, what are your interests? What are your hobbies? But it can also be, uh, as grand and, um, uh, I guess kind of vague as like, like me, like, uh, a big passion of mine is just teaching. I, I enjoy educating. So, like, that that's a pretty broad stroke thing there. So, you know, however you want to interpret that, um, what are what are some things you're passionate about? Oh, man. You know, I wake up every day and I wonder <laughs> what, mm. what I'm passionate about. So, yeah, really. Uh, I, th- I think um, you're probably not alone in that. I do a lot. But passion, I'm not 
I think I'm a little too even kiltered for, for mm-hmm. feeling like passion, maybe. Um, I do enjoy a lot of things. And so, yeah. you know, uh, education is big for me too. Uh, yeah. we, that's what we share in common, educating. Um, I love uh, teaching people things that they've, they've never thought about uh, yeah. that could help them. Uh, whether that's in business, finance, safety, you know, those types of things, mm-hmm. the things that I'm good at and that I, I know a lot about. Um, but I think what, if I'm to say what I'm most passionate about, since this is Couch Confessions, um, it's achievement. An offshoot. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, oh I'm sorry. Sorry. Yes. sorry. I, I cut you Under off the couch, couch confessions. Yes. Um, yeah. So uh, I'm, I'm passionate about achievement more mm-hmm. than anything, probably. Yeah. Um, so anything that I can, uh, achieve in, I guess, and that's a weird way of saying it, but like, if I can, uh, wherever I find myself at that time, uh, mm. I want to, I want to be the best at whatever it is. Um, so how is that fleshed out in your life? And, and you have some specific stories of that? Yeah. So, you know, I think it, it always goes back to childhood, right? <laughs> Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it always goes back yeah. to childhood. Uh, it's always just, uh, it's always just do your best, you know. Mm-hmm. And that's that. That's the that's the motto. Like whatever mm-hmm. you're doing, just do your best at it. Um, right. And so uh, that's how an achievement mindset is really like. That's the foundation of it. Is mm-hmm. I'm gonna do my best. If I if I'm not great at it, I typically leave it pretty quick. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and there, there's a lot of problems with that. I understand that. I'm, I understand. I know, <laughs> you no, know, I get it, I get it, um, yeah. but, uh, and I'm trying to work on that. We'll get to that point in this interview. I'm sure of like, what, a, you know, where am I working on and, and, you know, and, and how, uh, spirituality is, is, uh, and how God's working on me to change, you know, these, these things in my life. But, um, but, you know, it's always about setting your mind towards uh, what you're doing in the moment and mm-hmm. and go at it. Get get 100 percent. Can't do more than 100 percent. Nobody can ever do more than 100 um, percent. But but do your absolute best at that time. So it started with school um, and it's manifested itself in every aspect of my life um, in well, and outside feel, feel of education. To, feel free to, to brag on yourself a little bit uh, no 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 man achievements not well you know there's they're minor achievements i mean they really are when you think about it in the grand scheme of things and and i have thought about it in the grand scheme of things (laughs) you know uh and i think that i think the difference the only difference between me and other people are priorities you know Mm -hmm. what what they want to achieve versus what i wanted to achieve um so it doesn't say uh, you know, it, I, when I graduated number one in my class in high school, that's, that was a goal that I had. It wasn't a goal that many other people had, you know? So it's not that they couldn't have achieved that goal. It's that that wasn't their goal. Um, they, they had other goals. Um, you know, and I sacrificed a lot to get to that goal, uh, like having a mushy body, you know, I, I never worked out not once in high school. I was really pathetic, wimpy, you know, still am to this day. Well, you had, you had a <laughs> bit of a turn there, uh, when you went to the firefighting academy. So, that, that's I mean, right. You, you that's got, right. You I got whipped into shape there. 
yeah, I turned it around for about four months and, uh, you know, I, I, I had some muscle mass, um, and, uh, yeah, so there's that. <laughs> <laughs> you so know, that achievement, that achievement mindset that's is, right. is, is very selective, very selective. It's about what, what you're in at that moment. But, um, yeah. but, it, but it really is a, a larger goal. I would like to think yeah. of achieving, um, some large end, uh, you know, of learning a skill, a trade, um, learning it so well that you've reached mastery to it or of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, and I don't like the word mastery, uh, even though I just used it, I'm not a huge fan of it because mm-hmm. it almost sounds like once you get there is something that you get to keep without any real work mm-hmm. to it. Yeah. And, uh, and I think that's, um, that's obviously a myth. Uh, you mm-hmm. don't just master something and just quit it. Like, you know, yeah. quit, quit learning in it. Get to hold mastery is something totally different um, right. than, than to have it, uh, to keep it. It's totally different. Uh, you got to have that same mindset all the time of trying to gain mastery, even when you get it to hold on to it. So, you know, and th- that's my achievement personality coming through right there mm-hmm. as I'm talking to you, you know, it's, <laughs> Well, I think, I mean, that's an important, that's an important life lesson because when, when people, I mean, you you see this all the time with like diets or something like that. Um, it, when I hear about the diets that people go on or the different workout routines, it's like, okay, but you know, you have to maintain that forever. Like whatever diet you've got, that's your diet from now on. Uh, this is your lifestyle. Yeah. Yeah, if it's not going to be something that you can sustain, it doesn't it doesn't matter, you know. And I'd have I'd have moments like that. Like I I did fairly well in in, in high school. I was I was a straight A student. I was pretty good there. Yeah. Um, but a lot of that stuff was uh, was test ability. I I was really great at taking tests, mm-hmm. and so it was I could achieve it in that moment. I could do well in that moment. But a lot of those things I've completely forgotten about. My, um, some of that stuff has, has stayed with me. My writing ability, um, uh, my public speaking ability. There are certain things that that just stay. But like my knowledge of science or history, like all that stuff was just memorized for test taking. I couldn't I couldn't give you dates or facts or I couldn't tell you how to diagram chemicals or anything like that. <laughs> I know none of it. I could do it for a test. I could do it for an exam, things like that. Yeah. I didn't have mastery of it, like what you're talking about. Well, and you know, I, I don't know if people really do, you know, like long-term, I mean, if you don't use it, you'll lose it. And that's Mm -hmm. with everything. So, I mean, that's just the human mind. So uh, I think that's the 1% that can hold on to all that knowledge mm-hmm. that they've, they've gained. And even then there's going to be some forgetting there and because forgetting is a natural process. It helps us to remember the things that we actually need to remember and to let go of the things that we don't. Um, so yeah. thank goodness for forgetting Jonathan, because you've <laughs> learned a lot since high school that you need to actually know <laughs> <That's absolutely right. laughs> and, and not what a mole is, you know, uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. Chemistry. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, I was just reminded oh, of that. I, I was going through a book uh, named What If. The book's name is What If. I think it's uh, okay. XKCD, I believe, the, the comic strip. I don't know if you're familiar oh, with that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah I, haven't, I haven't read the comic strip in forever. Um, mm. But but truly very funny, and, and most of them way above my head. But mm. uh, mostly physics and engineering, you know, these comics yes. are. And uh, and they came out. The writers of that that comic came out with a book called "What If," and uh, and in it, Will Wheaton is the the reader for the audiobook. And so oh, that was a big that was a big sell for me. I was like, sure, I love. Who doesn't want to hear Will Wheaton read a book? Yeah. And um, and so uh, they mentioned a mole in there, and I was like, wow, that just came out of the depths. Like yeah. I I haven't thought about moles since eleventh grade. You know, eleventh grade, <laughs> literally. You know, so well, yeah. Have you have you? We need we need to tell Rob about this book because Rob is a big fan of of those comics. Oh, is he? And I, I don't I don't know if he's he knows of that book. Okay, uh, well I'll, I will definitely shoot him again. a text over over there for that one because <laughs> it, it's been a pretty interesting book, uh, way above my head still, you know. But yeah. uh, but a, achievement mindset, man, it is it. You know, we I was a lot like you. You know, I guess I I wasn't actually really good at tests. That's the funny mm. part about it. Um. I haven't really ever been that great at a at test. I didn't think. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe maybe I am better than the average. I'm not sure, but uh, it didn't show on standardized tests, so I never really thought I was as good as others. <laughs> <laughs> so you know, I don't know. Um, but uh, it it, w- it went from achieving in school to you know primary school to achieving in secondary school, and then achieving in the workplace. Um, but I think that uh the probably the biggest passion um like emotional passion i have is about family probably mm-hmm. um and and i take i take family really seriously so uh and my family can't attest to that they yeah. just take it taking it extraordinarily seriously i'm not exactly sure what passion can be quantified as in family um i think it's different for each person and each family and and maybe each relationship in each family, um, but but mine, uh, my parents are very near and dear to my heart, and uh, and I, and of course my wife and, uh, and and my cat now. So look at that. Um, but I am not a cat parent. But I am not a cat parent. You want to impress no. the audience with your cat's name? Uh, yeah, sure. Uh, is Kitty? Um, <laughs> it's uh, what me and the wife settled on. It was not a hotly debated topic, um, yeah. as uh, we're not. I, I joke, creative. but I do love that. I just say it's just Kitty. Yeah, it's, the cat um, doesn't know. The cat doesn't know what his name is. It hears no. Vo- it hears does the, respond. The inflections. It does That's respond all. to Kitty, um, but it's mainly because I yell it at her all the time. So I'm certain that's the reason why is, you know, you're right. It's the inflection of the voice in a thousand different tones uh, that I have. My, uh, my sister and, and her family, they um, they uh, adopted a dog uh, that already had a name. They didn't really care for the name. Mm, um, that's the and, worst. Yeah, uh, it, yeah, there was a whole big situation with it. But, like, the, the name, they're like, ah, we don't really like that name. And so, but what they did was they just came up with a name that had the same syllables and similar sounds, similar vowel sounds. Dog doesn't know any difference. Really? No idea. That's I, genius. They so don't, if I was to adopt like a, I don't know, four or five year old, you think that would work on them? 
Like if I dog? just didn't like the name that it, that the kid like came a, with. Like a, oh oh oh. <laughs> no <laughs> yeah, no. Um, humans have a, a little bit a higher brain function, and they, That's they can true. parse those That's things true. out. But at that age, maybe a little impressionable. Uh, I, animals, I mean, you would think that they start to catch English. on. Uh, if if you if you got it before the kid actually <laughs> spoke English, then then yeah, it would absolutely work. Um, so so you're looking at a range of maybe a one or two year old max. Yes, then, but then not you a, could change the name, but not above two probably. Don't quote me on that, but I, uh, you know, I haven't studied this. Again, my scientific knowledge is very. That's limited. a that's um, a question I've never even thought about <laughs> until you talked about changing a dog's name, and and now I'm actually going to have to talk to some people that I know <laughs> and find out if I can change a human being's name. I mean, uh, you can do that legally, but it's always going to know that what its original <laughs> name was. Yeah, but yeah. I think yeah, of course. Prime, yeah. I think the prime age to do that where they don't realize that you've changed their name is between, is probably before three. Before it, three. You could, you so you got some time three. there. You you know, I've probably. never really thought about that, but like you got some time. Like if you if you pick a horrible name for your kid, you know, yeah. or, or you, you adopt it. a kid and, and somebody else named them, but yeah. you're like, man, that name just doesn't. That's not what I always wanted. I always wanted Maximus, um, yeah. and they you, named it. They named it Adolf, and yeah, uh, or Bob, you yeah, know, and they or named Fred. It Bob. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know? Like we can what change can you that. Out of it? Yeah. It's not final, and that's the most important thing. <laughs> yeah, uh, I want to see these experiments. You got to document them. Yeah, well, um, you know, I I can make some. <laughs> Yeah, that's the third experiment I've come up with recently. My second one was um, wondering if cat sleeping, uh, because now I own a cat, right? Um, Mm -hmm. If the cat sleeping uh, makes us sleep better uh, or or if it has any real effect on, like, humans. Because every time I look over at my cat sleeping, I'm like, man, I really want to nap. You know, and so I just want to know: Do cat owners sleep better than other, like dog owners, or you know, control variable no owners? Right here, here's my thoughts. Here's my thoughts, and then we really have to move on with some questions. (laughs) (laughs) Um, uh, Here's my thoughts. One, uh, there is um, uh, just some of the white noise or gray noise, rather, of the cat purring while it's sleeping, right? And that's Ooh. relaxing in and of itself, yeah. right? Yeah, um, Then if the cat is on you, that vibration, that continual vibration, that also helps with your body, um, I would assume. Um, and, yeah. and the warmth, things like that. Then the last thing would be more of a... Uh, what's the word? Um... It's like when you're yawning, you know, that kind of a thing. Yeah. Like it tricks your brain yeah. into thinking of it. Or like a, a placebo, you know, you see it the really cat is. sleeping. Yeah. I think there's some kind of uh, psychological things going on there, right? Yeah. I yeah. don't know. Well, I, and I wanted to test it with my wife, too, to see if my – because I don't get sleepy when my wife's sleeping. I'm like freedom, you know, mm-hmm. like this, this is my time now. Finally, she's she's asleep. <laughs> you know, and, uh, and I can watch football in peace. Um, but, but that's not how I feel with the cat. So I'm just wondering, like, there's different variables here that would need to be tested out. We're going uh, to start a third podcast <laughs> and it's going to be on these crazy experiments. We're going to be hypothesizing. I think that 
that's actually more genius, to be honest with you. I think we can make some headway here in the podcasting world uh, doing crazy experiments. Nobody is doing this. Nobody's asking these questions. Nobody's asking these questions. Really, because nobody to needs be to asked. ask these questions. <laughs> yeah, are they right. even worthy to be asked? <laughs> that's absolutely right. Um, okay, but back to your uh, go back to, to, to question. a question that does need to be passionate asked. Uh, about family. Um, yeah. I am not a cat parent. I am a cat owner, and so I just wanted thank to put you. that one. I just wanted thank to you, firmly you, plant you. that foot. Okay, that will be a borderline heretics topic. It has nothing to do with scripture, but okay, we'll make it. Sounds um, good. <laughs> I'm, so, I feel 100 percent in agreement with you. Um, uh, I think I think some good topics about passion that we can go into on couch confessions. Um, that you, that you bring up that I just want to like just want to say um this idea of just trying to understand our passions and not everybody yeah. has that kind of like laser focused passion and that's okay not everybody i don't think everybody's meant to but you have things that you are passionate about um and i think that it's very obvious and so even though you know maybe you're not passionate about uh music or, or something like i am or, or, or you don't have like a specific passion in that that kind of um career mindset i don't know that's kind of a weird yeah no it's a niche i always think of it as like a niche i don't have a niche really yeah and i think that's okay i don't i think some i think in the world we live in i think a lot of the conversation about passion is trying to find your niche and to make money off of your niche that's right yeah and i think that i think that's very um flashy and very engaging and it's very um it's very commercial you know that's yes that's yeah and so i think that's probably why and i think that can probably lead to some depression and people who don't find that niche and i don't think we're all wired that way and i think that's okay to not be wired that way i don't, I don't think we all have to be um, yeah, I I would surely hope not because that, that that's going to be a very depressing life. I have for you know yeah. look forward to. I think uh, I think that I think the difference there is generalist versus specialist. Yes, and uh, and I think there's a lot of people who are specialist, um, and but then there's people like me out there who I, I feel like are more of your generalist. You know, who mm-hmm. um, I can. I can achieve in multiple things. Not that specialists yeah. can't either. Like I'm not taking that away from any specialist right. out there. Um, but, but I'm, I'm, I do like to be very broad. So it's just, uh, that's where I find my, well, and ben- my enjoyment. So, well, uh, the Benjamin Franklin quote, that's, um, I think it's Benjamin Franklin. That's, that's often the second half is missed out, but it's, a. uh, 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 Jack of all trades, but master of none. Uh, but better still than a master of one. I think that's how the quote finishes. Ooh, that's fun. Um, I've never heard that last part. Yeah, there's a ton of there's a ton of these these phrases that are only half finished. That that like uh like uh blood is thicker than water and birds of a feather. That whole thing like there's you should look it up. There's a ton of phrases that we missed the second half of that completely changes hmm. how the phrase is, is intended to be. That um, seems very unfair to all of us who only know the first half. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. I feel jipped. Yeah, a hundred percent. Same, but yeah, that that jack of all trades, but master of none. You know, that seems kind of depressing, but yeah. better still than to be a master of one, because mm. you know, then you're missing out on all these opportunities. Sure. Um, but um, we're going to transition 
from from this uh, from these these passions and and that's a whole other discussion that I, I'm really eager to, to talk to you about. Yeah, I think we can get. I think that's got. I think that discussion has a lot of legs on it. You know, uh, sure. We yeah. can we can talk about. Uh, I want to shift gears and and start talking about religion and spirituality. Um. So we're gonna go back to childhood. Um, you know, that's where all begin. the good stuff happens. Right. Um, so <laughs> what we're <laughs> a lot of the stuff that gets repressed. Yeah. Um, <laughs> what were some of your early experiences or understandings about that whole metaphysical thing, you know, God, spirituality, religion? What were some of your earliest understandings? Yeah. Um Mine's, my story is a little bit different than most. Uh, yeah. I, you know, and uh, but I don't know if our listeners know. I'm actually a cancer survivor, and um, and that was that started early for me. Uh, I was diagnosed was diagnosed with cancer when I was four years old, and um, and I diagnosed with leukemia. Uh, it's the most common form of childhood cancer but still not common, right? I uh, think the numbers, what, one in 150 or 200,000 are diagnosed with uh, acute lymphocytic leukemia. And so that was that was what I had at four. And that was really my first uh, spiritual experience. Um, and, uh, and I don't for a moment really believe now that I, that I understood uh, spirituality or religion, or God, uh, however we want to talk about it, and we'll talk about it in all these ways. Um, I don't for a moment believe I understood it uh, the way that I do now, obviously, uh, right. being, being a totally different person and, and having higher mental capacity. Um, but uh, it was definitely, uh, definitely important. My, uh, my mom and dad uh, made sure that uh, through their prayers, I understood, um, I understood that, uh, that I needed God to, to, to help me survive. Um, and, and obviously, uh, I believe God worked through, works through modern medicine. So thank goodness for modern medicine, or I wouldn't be here today. That's why I'm a huge advocate. Um, even though everybody's got their Christ by big pharma, I do too. Who doesn't? Um, thank goodness for pharma in general. <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh, cause, um, cause yeah, you wouldn't have made it till five. You know? Yeah. I would, uh, I would not have seen, I would not have seen five years old, um, for sure. And, uh, yeah. the statistics are, are, are not only, uh, bleak, but truly horrific for, uh, yeah. for people 20 years before me, uh, with the same type of cancer. So, mm-hmm. um, I'm just thankful that I was born at the time in which I was, and uh and and into a world with the type of modern medicine that we had and um but i say that all to say that um i you know i prayed at four uh for life i also prayed for death um mm-hmm. and uh you know it was a lot of mixed emotions uh so you know i wouldn't wish that on my worst enemy i really mm-hmm. just couldn't couldn't wish cancer on on anybody um it but it, it was my experience with God, you know, yeah. first experience with God. And I grew up in a household, a Lutheran household, um, you know, so a little bit foreign probably to most of our listeners. Uh, and I've talked about it a little bit on here, right? Uh, high mm-hmm. church style. Yeah. 
um, of course, Southern high church style <laughs> being in the South. So, so, uh, not to, to completely throw you off here. Yeah. So what was, what was your view then, um, with kind of a high church and then Southern as well, um, you know, praying for life. What was your, what was your view on miracles per se? Or what was like the church's view on these like miraculous healing? Did, did you actually believe that maybe that you could have been miraculously healed? Were there people that prayed over you for that kind of, that kind of, uh, healing or or what did that look like? Well, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to be, I don't want to be a liar. Um, I, I mean, I was four, five, six years old. Oh yeah. yeah, Um, And so I can't really say exactly what happened. And and you, you got kind of, you know, it was kind of funny, but, uh, but the regression or, or, Mm -hmm. you know, the suppression of, uh, of memories, (laughs) Mm -hmm. uh, that, that is a real thing. (laughs) (laughs) um so you know three years and three months a long time i don't remember everything that people in my church did for me um and i i feel bad about that but i just don't um but i don't re i don't have any recalled memories of of any spiritual laying of the hands or Mm -hmm. um oil anointments or anything like that uh at at my church um that's not something that the the lutheran church um at least my Lutheran church at that time was known for. Um, it, it wasn't, wasn't that style. Uh, you put faith in God that he's going to work a miracle through the, you know, the medicine and normal means. That's right. Not miraculous means not that we denied miraculous events. You know, there was no denying of them. Well, well, that's just kind of like a culture in a, in a lot of churches, at least in, in many churches that I've at least been involved in is I don't know if it's healthy I don't think it's completely healthy but I don't know where that line is personally of uh, of that kind of supernatural versus natural you know yeah praying expectantly and yeah and I don't think I don't think there is a an unhealthy I, I mean I don't want I don't want to speak out turn I mean I don't want no, ostracizing anybody for it but like you know you I think you can do both at the exact same yeah. time you know and I think you can hold faith in both at the exact same time that God mm-hmm. works through natural means because he does yes. uh and that God works in supernatural ways because he right. has mm-hmm. and so like you know I I fully believe in both and so I would never want to to like push one off or forsake one for the other. Mm-hmm. Um, and I have met people that would, would forsake one for the other uh, mm-hmm. on both sides. So, you know, there, there's both. Um, and I just don't think, I mean, that's up to them personally. Yeah. Um, and I think it does have a lot to do with culture there. Um, you know, here we, we do forsake the supernatural um, for, you know, natural means, but that, I think that's a reflection of our, you know, enlightenment period that we're in. And I think we're, we're getting away from that personally, we're moving away and I'm not trying to take this conversation over towards someone else, but <laughs> I think we are moving yeah. towards more of the, uh, the, the new age is uh, actually absolutely moving yeah. things back towards more spirituality. Probably. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just a really weird movement <laughs> of mm-hmm. spirituality. Is but, again, but it's trying old. to find that, that balance. Yeah. There, that, that's true. There, I mean, but it is old. I mean, yeah, new it age is, is new yeah. age, but it's actually really just a revert reversion or a regression back to pre, just uh, pre, uh, old age. 
that's exactly right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, but I don't want to take it over there. That that's yeah. a good topic too for for another day. Uh, it, it doesn't have to be under the couch though when we yeah. do it. Um, <laughs> Just under but, the cushions, not under the couch. You don't want to. Oh, look sorry. Under the couch. They, we keep. I keep pushing us down further. Um, <laughs> uh, anyways, so so you're you're four. Um, and yeah. You that's right. you had thrown this out three years. You had leukemia. How, three, how long? Three. Did- yeah, three years, three months for the treatment. Uh, I was in uh, remission after nine months. So, uh, so, so uh, how did that? Re- so, you know, you, you're praying for life. Um, prayer is a big part of this this early part of your life, and you don't completely understand it entirely. Um, yeah, but prayer is a huge part of it. You said praying for death too. Yeah. Um, I think the prayers, like I, I want to make it clear for our listeners, like yeah. I, uh, uh, prayers were in in times of of suffering. You know, I mean, it was yeah. a um, if if you've been there as a listener, um, which you have been, all of us have been, I think, at some point, uh, where it just feels like insurmountable suffering. Uh, mm-hmm. You're not really saying much uh, of real use there in your prayer, probably. You know, <laughs> yeah. it's more it's more of just like reaching out for a lifeline. Uh, yeah. of some yeah. type uh, you, it's like you're it uh, I use this analogy uh, because I've been there um, you're floating down a river and uh, and you need something to grab hold mm. of uh, quickly and uh, and so getting getting that lifeline out in the middle of the river while you think you're gonna drown uh, mm. you know very close uh, in time uh, but you get in the last second that's that's the type of prayer I was you know, always having for three years, three months. Mm-hmm. And so that kind of like that formed the way that I saw God yeah. um, as a savior. Uh, and so that's important to my story, I think, because that, that was really how I saw God was, uh, a, you know, a person who saves uh, yeah. physically. Mm-hmm. But um, but I, it it took on new meaning as I obviously grew up and, and was able to start understanding the gospel story more. Um, it, it, the layers began to peel back off of it, but, but that was the foundation. Yeah. So, so um, you'd mentioned like your parents were were very involved in that, um, and and I guess that kind of plays into your passion for family. You know, you've got that yeah. tight knit of that that tragedy there. Um, That's right. And then God working through that. Uh, were there other important figures and in, in influences as you were growing? into your spiritual walk? Did you have mentors that, that fed into you after that time? Did you have other events that kind of built upon that afterwards? Oh, sure. Yeah. Uh, pastors have always played, uh, I can't say always, uh, they've played a little bit less of a role in recent years for me. Um, but growing up, pastors played a major role in my life. Uh, I remember one pastor that I had, uh, we, we shared the same name and, um, and he actually had leukemia when he was growing up, which oh, wow. it was just, it was crazy. Uh, he was, he was a pastor of our church and, um, and he had leukemia growing up and then he, uh, was di- re-diagnosed with it later in life. Um, and we were able to walk together in a lot of ways through, through a similar uh, pain and suffering, understanding each other. Um, and, and that, that a major role. Um, obviously, uh, once I grew up, uh, continued going to church, I went to church five days of the week, 
Um, and so a lot of different churches, a lot of different pastors, um, uh, but my youth group pastor played a huge role in my life. Um, and, uh, and, and I learned a lot, uh, uh, about, about the gospel, about the Bible, how to read the Bible, um, understand scripture. And if I had a passion, if I've ever had a passion, it was for, uh, theology. Um, so, and that's kind of when it was born, it was born out of studying scripture. So in high school, but now, how long, um, so you were in the, the Lutheran church to start out with, and you just said you'd been through a lot of different churches over, like, when did that shift? Did you, were you in Lutheran churches for most of your early life, or, um, were it just various denominations? How did that shift, uh, happen? Yeah, I was 12 or 13, man, when I got out of the Lutheran church, um, when we left the Lutheran church, uh, that I was born and raised in, and, um. And from there, it really just began a cycle of like bouncing around at different churches where friends were going um, and what friends were doing, hmm. uh, which was, you know, kind of an odd part of the story. Uh, yeah. Go from go from Lutheran ceremonies every Sunday to Nazarene church at the same time as going to a Baptist church, the same time going to a non-denom church. <laughs> um and I started to realize at that point, like a lot of churches look and act the exact same way, even though that like they're different denominations, you start to realize that it, you know, it's three songs, a three point sermon, and then three more songs normally, you know? So, I mean, that's, and I'm not trying to doubt, like, I hope our listeners don't hear it the wrong way. I mean, you were a pastor at a church, like you, mm-hmm. you know what I'm talking oh, yeah. about. We've talked Absolutely. about this a lot, you know, and Lutheran churches are all, I mean, they, they work out of the same book every Sunday. Hmm. So like, you're going to get the same thing every Sunday as, you know, as, yeah. uh, there's always going to be a, a liturgical style there. And, um, so it wasn't like a huge change really for me. I mean, once you got into that, you know, rhythm, it, you know, it was normal. So, yeah. but I, I did start balancing around based off of personality then more. Yeah. So now did that, um, feed into any any at all with the the theology because you go into these different denominations i'm sure you had questions of like okay they they all seem to act the same they all seem to do kind of the same thing what actually makes them any different did that did you have any of those questions i I know from my own experience those were some questions that i've gone through man i we've talked about this before and uh for my for our listeners uh yeah i on the on the, from the outside, I could not tell a difference yeah. between uh, Nazarene churches, non-denominational churches, and Baptist churches. For and of course, uh, free will mostly, right? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. All three of those uh, being free will mostly. Uh, and, um, but I couldn't tell a difference in, in their theology because it was most of the time the sermons weren't really theological. They were, mm-hmm. they were super, I, I'm not talking bad about, like, I don't want to sound negative because it's not negative. It's, it is what it was, you know, more of a superficial mm-hmm. um, message normally, or very topical, very topical messages, which are phenomenal. Don't get me wrong. Um, and you're going to probably find the across denominations, a very similar, uh, very similar message in them, you know, when you're doing topical. Um, 
uh, and then uh, one of the churches I went to, we uh, for youth group, uh, we went straight through books of the Bible. And so it was, you know, when you're doing it that style, um, you know, word for word, literal, supposedly mm-hmm. literal translation mm-hmm. of it. You know, I say supposedly because, well, there's still interpretation there to it. Right. Uh, <laughs> unless, unless you lived then. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's still an interpretation there. Uh, yeah. and, and hermeneutics, it didn't always make its way perfectly <laughs> in, in, into that word for word translation. Well, let, uh, let's be honest. Some of the times, um, especially in our Southern culture, uh, a lot of the people that are in those roles of teaching, um, I have never heard the word hermeneutics. So, um, yeah. And, and, you know, yeah. it, it, it's kind of, you know, you're, you're, you can't blame, you can't blame people for just not knowing. I mean, that's right. how I always say it. Like you really can't blame people for not knowing. Uh, and, and back in this time period, uh, I still like to say it was the dark ages. Um, mm-hmm. you know, this was before everybody had a smartphone in their pocket. So, you know, there's that. You had, um, you had to shell out a lot of money for logos and, and things like that. That's exactly right. That, yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Logos. There you go. Um, mm-hmm. That was you're, like literally the only way you could, you could, you could do anything, you know, unless exactly you right. track down a Greek, you know, uh, a concordance. Greek concordance or something like exactly. that. Exactly. Yeah. 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 And, and, and not saying that they didn't because they did, but mm-hmm. you know, you're doing a youth, thing on yeah and, uh, you and know, on saturday night you're not going to be able to no. put in the amount of time that you probably you know every single week you're, you're volunteer part-time at best that's volunteer yeah. Yeah. yeah so like you know great job phenomenal job yep. for what it was you know mm-hmm. and what you could do so mm-hmm. no doubt about it and that's before you had uh and i'm not going to say just because there's more uh information now that is better information I, I would never say that. I mean, we've we've lived through uh, thousands of years mm-hmm. now with uh, with phenomenal theologians, um, but but still, uh, it wasn't quite as accessible as it is now. Right. Information, so you know, good great job for for what they did. Um, mm-hmm. I, I'm not speaking negatively all about it. I'm just you know just talking about mm-hmm. what my experience was, and um, <clears throat> so but I didn't see a whole lot of difference and. Um, and and that's what kind of propelled me into trying to study theology and try to figure out like so what is this place in the church mm-hmm. what is what is theology's place in the church do we hold to these principles and die for these principles or do we just live our life with a personal understanding of our theology mm-hmm. and uh, and prioritize relationships right so and i think and I think that's where I'm more at now. Uh, mm-hmm. Is I hold my personal theology very closely. Yeah. Uh, I don't have a whole lot of hills I would die on anymore. Um, mm-hmm. There, and it's not because I don't care. It's actually the opposite. I do care. Um, I care more about uh, relationships. Probably, probably thanks to Zach Seymour uh, for that. Um, and well, and you even. From well, I think even from your own experience, you know, talking from the very beginning, I think relationships were hugely important to your story. Oh yeah, you know, and so yeah, I think yeah, Zach definitely has has influenced that a good bit. But uh, I think you can you, you can trace that through line all the way back. 
Yeah, I was definitely I was definitely a lot more rigid though back in college when it came to theology than what I am now after I, you know I was a complete jerk in high school. I, I spent the last three <laughs> weeks with a good buddy of mine, um, and and my high school crew, if if you will, and uh, talk about repressed memories. I'm thinking like there were people that I forgot existed. And they're like, oh, yeah, you remember that guy? I'm like, holy crap. Um, that person was a person. But, uh, but like, it just brought back a flood of memories. And I'm like, I was – talk about rigid. I think a lot of us were in those days uh, in our high school, early college. And I'm just like, I was I was so dumb. I'm still dumb. It, in 10 years so from now, I'll be, man. Like, I'll be like, you were an idiot. Why'd you do that? But So, so am I. I mean, we're, we're, you know, we're, it, hindsight's great, man. It it's mm-hmm. shows a lot better than what, uh, what our, our perspective is in the very moment. Um, but I, I was extremely rigid. I, I died on every hill, uh, mm-hmm. theological hill there, that, that being said, probably more hills than just theology, but especially mm-hmm. theological hills I died on thinking that it was the end all be all that, you know, every single thing matters and uh and not that it doesn't but uh but truly when you don't have answers to it it's a you know it yeah, yeah. there's got to be a lot so. of things we have open-handed you know we just, oh yeah uh we have our our view to the best of our ability um but we're finite beings and we're just not we're just not gonna know not yeah, on this I, side of eternity at least I take very few things, uh, you know, as concrete. Um, and that's not because I'm postmodern. <laughs> right, yeah, we don't want to get there. Yeah. But. No, you know, it's not because I, it's not because I'm, I'm breaking everything down, you know, uh, yeah. we're, we're just not, we're just not arrogant. That's enough right. To believe that we have all the answers. Well, and then, um, I also don't want to be arrogant by saying that I'm not arrogant. <laughs> I don't want anybody to hear that uh, because I I can be sometimes. So, um, but but uh, but yeah, it um, it's it's definitely changed over the years my perspective on God and uh, religion. Um, uh, but but yeah, it started young and that's where it is now. So, um, well, we're gonna take a a quick commercial break, and uh, after we get back, uh, we've got our second random question, and we're gonna we're gonna kind of continue on this path and and dig a little bit deeper uh so we'll be back with you in just a little bit hey jonathan here with the borderline heretic studios you know what i'm gonna come right out and say it we love you and we love making great content for you And you could help us in making that great content by rating our shows and leaving your feedback on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever else you happen to be listening to our podcast. You could also send suggestions straight to our inbox, blhstudios21 at gmail. Look, I get it. Maybe we came off a little strong, and love isn't the right word. But you could like us on Facebook and Instagram, at blheretics. Who knows? Maybe your friends will like us too. You can send them full episodes or go to our YouTube page, the Borderline Heretic Studios, and pick out one of your favorite clips to give them. I know, this is a lot to process. So maybe you could just think it over while you finish this episode. 
All right, and we're back. So we have our second of our random questions, and these are going to be a little bit deeper. They're still kind of like light-hearted icebreakers, um, but they're they're a little bit more thought. Okay. Um, so same same uh, number of options. You have five cards here that you can choose from. I just need a number between one and five. We're splitting it, man. Go three. Still three. All right. Okay, this is good. Um, so, <laughs> where, uh, where did you and your wife spend your honeymoon? Oh, uh, yeah, uh, Maine. So we went okay. to the great state of Maine, and then uh, because I even like to be a a bit of a, a, a force marcher. Hmm. Is that a good? So I like okay. to I like to force march on my vacations. Okay. Um, we we uh-huh. we try like I like to go 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 every day. Oh, okay. Okay. Um, I do not waste time, uh, and so um, we didn't stay in Maine. Uh, we started in Bangor. We went to uh, the national park, spent a few days there uh, in Acadia, and then we I drove cross Maine into French Canada, Quebec. Drove through Quebec into Quebec City, um, and into uh, into the city. We spent a few days there, and on our next to last day there, um, I got bored in the city and said, "We're going out of the city." And I drove for fourteen hours that day, um, and we just toured the French uh, Canadian countryside. Uh, went up to a Fjord National Park up there. And took a ferry ride across a fjord, uh, and yeah, dodged moose at uh, about one a.m. to get back to our Airbnb in the city. So, and uh, and Sarah Jane was just gracious as all get out to go along with you on all. Yeah, she just slept, you know, because I mean, she sleeps (laughs) in the car, so she just got like prime sleeping time. And uh, and I was scared to death at night traveling down foreign uh, country soil uh, with moose signs like every five miles. So, oh, and it was like really, really foggy. So I was like, we're going to die. We're going to die from a (laughs) moose. No doubt. Because, you know, if you hit a moose, they like fall over on you. Yeah, yeah, like, and well, if you hit a moose, your car's done. Like that's right. Hitting a deer is pretty bad, but a moose. Oh, they're huge. They're, they're huge, a freight train. Man. Yeah. yeah. And, and the moose will just walk away, but like, but yeah. like me, I'm not. <laughs> you know? Going to be gone up in, uh, in Quebec, and uh, they're going to be, you know, trying to get you an ambulance, but you don't parlez vous français, and you're going to be stuck there. You know? you know, like, that was the crazy part, man, was uh, when I went to, uh, when we were there in, in Quebec, um, all the signs were in French, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but when you get when you actually talk to people in the city, they speak English. You know, mm-hmm. they do know English, uh, and that was great because thank goodness. Um, <laughs> but then, but then going on that country countryside tour, you start to quickly realize that <laughs> you are in a foreign country, yeah, and they do not speak English in the suburbs slash rural <laughs> parts. You know, it, it, so yeah, that was I've, I've ordering told... off of a French menu at a French cafe 
French Canadian mm-hmm. cafe um, in the middle of nowhere at 6 p.m. Um, was was a, one of the most awkward and difficult things I think I've ever encountered in the food and beverage industry. <laughs> so. Well, well, you, you could have avoided all that, man. Just stayed in Maine. I could have, but uh, but I was bored. Now, um, so not that Acadia this, is boring. Was all of this so? Maine was the only part that was planned. No, or, actually, I had oh. planned Maine and Quebec City. Okay, I had planned. Okay. I had planned both. Um, yeah, no, I'm not that good, and um, <laughs> and so I had planned both, but thank I goodness we did not plan the us. the last day, huh? I said, thank goodness we have our passports with us. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly right. Yeah, and uh, and yeah, that was that was the whole thing, man. It was great. Wow. I I loved it. It was the yeah. it was still the best trip we've I ever bet taken. It was beautiful. Yeah. Uh, well, I I can say this. Um, I've never seen such a beautiful countryside in my life. Uh, oh, wow. almost just completely untouched. Just beautiful green grass. Uh, you know, the snow usually does that for the grass. So. Mm. Yeah. Very jealous of our northern brethren. So gosh, so much so. Um now I do have a that that brings up an interesting uh point because Zach in his interview was mentioning a very beautiful place that had a, a very significant spiritual impact on his life. Um and in that he hinted that there on his second time around, uh there was another cast member who went out west with him. Um, <laughs> would you happen to be that cast member? I, I am that cast member. Yeah, Yellowstone National Park. Uh, yeah. And uh, he already knew that. Yeah, yeah. so, uh, oh. oh, yeah. Um, yeah, Zach went out uh, to do ministry work back in college out there mm-hmm. uh, during the summer. And um, uh, it was pretty funny because it was right when he got back, literally like the day, I think, that he flew in um, that I met him uh, at college. And that, that's a, that's a story. Um, but, uh, we, uh, we went out there after we graduated from college. Well, I graduated from college. Zach Zach was there forever. Um, Mm -hmm. but you know, he does have a master's degree. So, you know, there's that. Um, but, uh, when his wife and and I graduated college, we went out there. Um, and, uh, what was that? Uh, what was that experience like for you? Did you have like a, a kind of a spiritual experience going out there and, and seeing that place? Um, I think like, I don't want to sound like an, uh, a naturalist in some sense. Like I, I, um, no, I, th- yeah, I, I think, mean, there's I tons think of we, ways that we experience God, tons of ways that people relate to God in different there various you go. facets to their, their That's personality. Right. That's I right. Nature yeah. is definitely one of them. I think so too. And I think that there's a reason for that. Um, you know, because it is, it is God's gift to us, I, I believe. So, um, you know, the grizzly bear is a gift to us, even though, uh, they tried to try to eat people, um, and sometimes successfully do. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I think I experienced God, um, in loneliness a lot out there, probably. Um, I did have Zach and Lindsay and I had some other friends out there and I made some, I made some really cool friends. Um, some that, some that, well, most have not stayed in my life, uh, for various reasons, but, uh, but Zach and Lindsay still have obviously. And, um, but the, and and that's where we really formed a a deep bond, uh, deeper bond was out there in Yellowstone National Park. 
Uh, but loneliness is, is far in the sense of just going out, you know, uh, going out where you, you don't really know anybody. Uh, you, you, you have a friend, but mm-hmm. you work different shifts, obviously. And uh, I mean, so you've got different times off. And, uh, and so you've got a lot of time by yourself mm-hmm. in the middle of um, essentially nowhere. You know, mm-hmm. uh, I, this first time in my life, I didn't have a car. Um, so I couldn't go where I wanted to go. I was relying upon other people to go, to go places, uh, further than what I could walk. And, um, so I learned how to walk very long distances. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, but it, it was also a struggle for me because of, of, uh, family and I was, I was away from my whole family. And, mm. um, and so I was missing, uh, months of their life. And I kind of felt bad about that because I wanted to be there with them to experience their life. Mm-hmm. Um, now I take that very seriously. Yeah. Um, the the day to day stuff is life, so yeah. uh, you know trying to experience that was, was was difficult. But but it was good for me to uh, to see God's uh, natural wonders, and uh, I think I think what I did learn was that that God is there for us in our loneliness. So. Um, I did find comfort in that though. I did struggle a lot too. You know, I try to fill my time, uh, just with, with everything else sometimes. Uh, that's why I learned how to play disc golf. So, you know, <laughs> that's, that's a lot a, of disc golf. And that's, a, that's a great passion that we all share. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, uh, some, some of us, uh, heretics are better than others. So, yeah, uh, yeah. Thomas is far and away the best, uh, with Zach. Uh, than, I think he I, has, but. I think he has a lot of that achievement mindset too. And his is very selective in, in that area. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's right. Whereas the rest of us are like, Hey man, this is a nice little hike around a park and we're getting that's right. out and that's cool. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, it gives me a chance to sweat out a little bit and, yeah. uh, it'll be good be good to go but yeah so uh you know that's and i I filled my time with uh trying to make new friends and and it you know i thought it worked out pretty well um i got to meet a lot of different types of people and i and i understand i started to understand uh just being outside that ciu bubble that we talked about a lot you know Mm -hmm. christian college bubble um you know and i i didn't go to a christian high school i just went to public high school so i knew i knew a lot already about Mm -hmm. different ways of living but it definitely shows up different as an adult, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, for sure. uh, you know, you know what I'm saying? So uh, <laughs> in high school, you can at least kind of pretend, you know, people are yeah. always putting on friends and things like that. You can kind of. Exactly. But and yeah, and you can, you can have different cliques. Like you had yeah. a, a vast oh, yeah. array of people normally that yeah. you could like get along with, but, um, but out there, uh, most of them are, are very similar. And, and so I guess that's why I found myself as being lonely too, was because I, was, I wasn't part of the shenanigans, <laughs> you know? Um, but I did get to see a lot of shenanigans. So, well, I want, I want to talk about those, those highs and lows, and, and, and maybe you can bring an interesting take on it because you've been able to reflect on some of those things. Uh, because the other thing that you had mentioned in the, with the Yellowstone was his time of loneliness. Um, and, uh, I know that was a, a big part. I don't know if you've, you've talked about it. I don't know. You have in our, in our couch confessions, when we were talking about relationships, about, um, one of the aspects of, uh, your, you know, when you had leukemia was that loneliness there, um, that oh, yeah. aspect of things. Um, and so I want to, you know, kind of shift gears and, uh, and talk about kind of the struggles that you've had with your your spiritual walk. Um, 
you know, you know, when I, when, when you were talking about, um, being so young with cancer and praying for life or praying for death and, and you've talked about that loneliness that you've experienced, you know, we tend to think, um, in, in dichotomies. And so, you know, you can come out of it seeing God as a savior as you have, you know, he, he's a good God. He, he, he did heal you. And, um, you know, you, you don't have, you know, you went into remission and all that. Um, even still, you could have come out the other way, uh, saying, okay, yeah, I'm, I'm healed, but why did God put me through that? Right. Why would a good God and all powerful God allow that to happen to me? Um, and in life isn't that cut and dry of one way or the other, you know, I, th- I think often we, we flip back and forth in some of these bigger things, but, um, but, you know, you had some of those struggles. And so, you know, I want to kind of examine those things and, and just ask you about some of those struggles that you've had in your, in your walk with Christ. Obviously, um, you know, there was some struggle there and then struggle with the loneliness and, and things like that. Um, but what were some of the, the larger struggles that you've had to kind of wrestle with, um, in your walk? Yeah, I think, I think, uh, and I'm going to need your help here, uh, Mm -hmm. to remember these when I, when I list them out, um, loneliness, uh, regret. And, uh, and then that big one there is, uh, is why the question of why because it always comes back to why um you know we're hardwired as humans i think to to ask that question why um and so i'll i'll end with that one there uh because that's a big one for for everybody uh loneliness i think and i it's not just my experience uh we, we we as humans um are all lonely like we all feel loneliness that's not something um, that that's unique to me. Uh, it's not unique to you. Um, you know, we all feel it at different times and at different places and spaces. Um, I feel lonely a lot. Uh, and I think it's because of how much I think inside my brain, uh, when you're inside yourself, um, you are alone, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, really and truly, um, unless you have multiple personalities, split personalities, right. And then, uh, and then you're able to, you know, talk to each other maybe, yeah. but, <laughs> yeah. but, uh, and, and Zach might be able to argue I'm, that one I'm a not, little bit. I'm not, I'm not sure, sure. If that's, yeah, he, he might say, I don't know if that's exactly like true that. or not there. Yeah. I, I would always Popular dream that that could be true, that. Yeah. you know, but, uh, <laughs> but, uh, sure, it but, sure would be nice. <laughs> yeah, it would be, it At would times. be nice. Right. <laughs> but, um, but, but so, so it's not, it's not just a me thing, but, uh, going back to cancer, uh, is lonely when, when you're, when you feel like you're, when you're going through something that nobody else can really understand, um, yeah. you know, and, and people can try to understand and, and for the most part, like you can mentally ascend to, yeah. uh, to the understand and understanding, but you mm-hmm. cannot emotionally and physically, uh, experience uh, what's going on. And, and that's each one of our lives. So like some people say, Oh my God, yeah, cancer, that's horrible. Well, okay, that's fine. But like you have something in your life that you've gone through that I've never experienced before in the state in which you've experienced it, Mm -hmm. which has made you lonely, potentially in a very similar though different way. Right. Um, 
so uh but but i say it all to say that uh you know there's immense loneliness there uh trapped inside of a body in which you don't want to be in because it's, it's dying and um and and i don't exaggerate when i say that i did pray for life and i prayed for death and sometimes those two things look very similar mm-hmm. they actually look the exact same um that death was the only way to life and uh and that life was just death so mm-hmm. you know um it, it was it was bleak uh for a long time uh, but you know um loneliness is something i've always struggled with uh it's it's uh no no um no surprise to anybody that knows me is because i'm because i am an inward thinker and i'm i'm pretty introverted that uh that i do i do get lonely a good bit and uh caught up inside my own brain and uh it usually usually turns into worrying a lot about things that's not in my control and that i probably don't even need to worry about um but but in that time of loneliness i i have found god um you know, it, it was in those times that I get to lean on him more. Uh, as Paul says, uh, you know, my weaknesses are, are, you know, are a chance for him to show his strength mm-hmm. in, in my life. And, uh, and that's been true. Regret is the other part. Um, I, I regret a lot of things. And I've talked about this on Couch Confessions all the time, uh, is that I regret the, the sins of omission, um, sometimes more than I do of commission. Um, yeah. and, yeah, and I think I'm that with you there, man. Yeah. I, and, uh, it, it's because I have a hard time forgetting things probably, uh, it's born out of that introversion and isolation in my brain, um, that things free play over and over and over again. Um, and it's usually the things that, that I haven't done. That's right. Well, um, I think you know? too, you know, so. just, um, and I, I I feel, but there's gonna be somebody out there that's that's gonna be ticked off at me for always just trying to connect dots, correlation and causation, and all that stuff. <laughs> um, but hey, that's what I'm here for, right? That's um, right. Yeah, yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm not, I'm not the one with the master's degree in psychology and clinical counseling. Nope, um, me neither. But I like to pretend to be. Um, <laughs> Why not? It's fun. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's, you know, I'm no expert and I I need to put that disclaimer, but, um, but I'm just seeing correlation, you know, I'm, I'm seeing correlation here. Um, and so I'm going to make a note of it. Uh, and if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. Right. Um, yeah, sure. Our our brains are hardwired to make connections. That's kind of what we do. Um, uh, but you know, that achievement mindset, you know, omission is, it racks us far more than, than commission does. Because commission, at least I did something, you know. I might That's have done right. something wrong, but at least I did something. Omission yeah. is I could have been better. That's right. I, there, yeah. There's something I I could have done, and I didn't. That's right. And I think That's right. that that does weigh on us more. And uh, and I think it's always the possibility losses. Um, mm-hmm. I'm loss averse, just like everybody else is. Um, and I always think about the omissions um, as being a loss. Uh, you know, a loss towards something that that could have been better. You know, a, a loss of, um, for instance, of giving of some type, uh, time, money, wealth. Uh, uh, you know, even even an ear to listen. Mm-hmm. Um, that could possibly change somebody's life. Yeah. Uh, you know, selfishness or something. Uh, that's that's a, that's a major loss. Like, what what did what did the kingdom lose 
um, out on because of me, you know? And so that, that, that always, always has, uh, play plays in the back of my head. And, uh, and I wish it was more, um, sometimes I wish it was, it rang a little bit louder. Mm, yeah. <laughs> I do. Sometimes I wish that they rang a little bit louder. It's almost a, a cacophony sometimes though. And it makes it, it makes it hard to act because it is so loud and, and, uh, and so debilitating. Um, so regrets play play a massive part, um, and I, I do try to find God in those regrets, in those moments of regrets, um, knowing that third, here's the third one, why? Um, and so I, I do try to find God in those moments of regret because I know that um, we live in the best of all possible worlds. And so getting getting to that point now, <laughs> I've talked about you, I've talked about this a lot to you uh, and, and to my to to our buddies um but um as a theology point uh, i'm a pretty big stickler on believing that god uh has created the best of all possible worlds and that probably sounds really 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 harsh to a lot of people uh because of the massive atrocities that have occurred in human history and i'm not a fan of it trust me i get it okay um i i'm not blind to the genocides and the horrible acts of mankind and the, the just immense human suffering, not only from humans to humans, but everything else. Uh, I just mentioned grizzly bears earlier eating hmm. people. That's, that's horrible. Okay. But that pales <laughs> in comparison to a lot of things. Yeah. Yeah. That pales in comparison as, as to the, gruesome as it is. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> as gruesome as that may be. Yeah. Um, it, it, uh, and, and terrifying. Um, uh, every moment I walk outside, I do wonder what's going to get me. But um, more than likely, it's going to be a human that will. Uh, you know, just from the just oh, from the him. from human history, uh, it, it's not going to be the grizzly or the wasp, which I'm <laughs> definitely definitely afraid of. But um, but but I say all that kind of jokingly. But to say that I, I do believe we live in the best of all possible worlds and the best mm. possible universe that God could create. And I say God could create because I do believe there's constraints that God has put on Himself. And mm-hmm. and I could get into all that, but it's no point that right now. Um, uh, but but we live in the best possible world. And so why do these bad things happen? Um, they happen for the glory of God. Um, and, uh, and we, because we live in the best possible world, um, my suffering in my lifetime, whatever that may be, um, I, I believe is for a reason, is for a purpose, um, uh, however small it may be, um, in, in my timeline, um, in this ginormous timeline of human history. Um, but, you know, I, I, I do believe that, uh, that kind of answers the why question somehow, some way there, you know, it, it, it just is what it is. God, God, God created the best that he could, the world in which there was less human suffering than possible, you know, than other worlds mm-hmm. and more glorification for him. Uh, and I don't, I try not to get into the argument of like which one outweighs the other. I, I would like to believe that we live in the best possible world for both <laughs> of, of the least amount of human suffering possible and the most glorification for God. Yeah. But I, I don't know if theologically those two really go well together, but that's what I'd like to hope. So. I, I know it's a huge, a huge topic. And, and obviously we're not, I mean, the, the whole problem of pain, uh, there's books written on it. And I know that that we've talked about that a great 
a great deal, and I know that's something that you've wrestled with a good bit. Um, and 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 I I have as well. I think a lot of a lot of people who's ever given Christianity a serious thought have wrestled with that. Um, sure. And it's one of those things that I, I think I, I I come to a similar conclusion of you uh, as you is. Um, it it is what it is, you know. Um, God has created the best possible world. Um, and I don't mm-hmm. know all of how that works out. And it doesn't mean I don't stop asking the question why or I don't stop wrestling with it. But right. it means at the end of the day, I rest knowing that God is sovereign. God is good. Um, and I am neither of those things. Um, yeah. I'm not holy. That's good. right. I'm not holy sovereign. Um, I am not all knowing. And there are things that I just won't understand. Um, and I will struggle with for all of my life. Um, yep. but that doesn't make God any less good or any less sovereign. Um, and at the end of the day, I have to just tell my brain to shut up and, and rest. <laughs> <laughs> that, I mean, at the end of the day, I mean, I hate to, I hate to sound that coarse about it yeah. because I, yeah. I mean, oh, that's no. not how yeah. it was in college. I, I, I understand. And that, that's the thing that it sounds so harsh to say these things, you know, especially when you have genocide, when you have kids die, dying from leukemia. Dying. You yeah. Know? I mean, and it's, people are dying every day. Yeah. And it's one of those things. It's like, it's, it's that theology versus relationship idea. And you don't say these things to somebody that's going through it. You know, you don't say those things, <laughs> not that yeah. way to somebody that's going through it. Um, and, and, or unless you're me and, and you do and and then um and and then you know that that's one of those regrets <laughs> but it was commission not omission yeah um, that's right yeah, yeah yeah so i can move on quickly from that right <laughs> yeah but it's it's one of those things that it's it's it is a harsh like it's a harsh reality and it's harsh because yeah. we're limited because we're finite it's harsh because that's we right. can't understand and that's just the reality of the world we're in and I can sit here and grieve over it and, and you know, do serious psychological and emotional harm to myself, um, hurting over over those harsh realities. Or I can say, yeah, yeah, it's harsh. Yeah. I can do my best to move on, you know. Yeah. And I think I find a lot more peace, um, you know, in, in realizing that this is not just a, this is not a right now problem. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This is not a right now problem. And in mm-hmm. fact, um, I, I know for a fact that I live in the best moment uh, of human history. This, yeah. this is this is it for us. Like this yes. is like, um, you know, other than like Adam and Eve in the garden, uh, th- this this would be like what I would classify as be the best of human history. Um, I, know, couldn't, I, I couldn't have survived 100 years ago. No, I, I, I don't think I could, you know, I, I don't think, I think I could, well, I, I would have died from cancer a uh, hundred <laughs> years ago, but, um, <laughs> but <laughs> and that's a sobering reality, it, you know, <laughs> but yeah, I think that if I, humor. if I was to have lived, um, I would have died from a number of other things, no doubt, very quickly. I would have succumbed to life um, and, and been dead um, Man, because, this... oh, go ahead. Sorry. 
No, no, I mean, it, it turned dark real quick, but like, yeah, I was about I, to say, where is Thomas at? This episode has gotten yeah. too dark without him being yeah. on here. <laughs> I, I'm a pansy <laughs> and, uh, and, and I need a shower. Yes. Uh, yes. You know, and, um, and I, I wouldn't have made it. Like, I would have gotten a scratch from indoor, something and gotten tetanus. I need indoor plumbing. I, Amen. Like, I need Amen. indoor plumbing. Yeah. My yeah, AC. Who does it? My AC was uh, slacking off for three days, and, oh, man, I bought two fans just to set up in my room just so I could go to sleep. Yeah, it you was... want to feel like a pansy? Cut your AC off in South Carolina heat. Just go ahead and do it. I Do it for two hours. I double-dog dare you, <laughs> you know? And, and, you're gonna be, and then you're going to be like, yeah, I live in the best human history I've ever had. This is it. Like, yep. this is the pinnacle. There's a lot okay? of things I can complain about, but it's a lot better than it was 50 years ago. I mean, ago. we might be burning up the planet and everything like that, but, hey, listen, it was good while it lasted, I guess. I don't <laughs> know. Right. You know. I mean, here for a long again, time. Here for that's a, a joke, y'all. That's a joke. I'm, I'm, not, <laughs> I'm not advocating for the destruction of the planet in no way. But, but I you know, but I, I, I can rest easy in knowing that, you know, I've got it so much better. Mm-hmm. My suffering though it is similar is you know to human suffering from from past years past generations is nowhere near the same level of just general suffering yeah as my forefathers mm. yeah how they how they made it i have no yet, clue at all yet you hear paul talk about just how amazing god is and how how much he can praise God in his circumstances. Yeah, and this right. man didn't, like, I can't imagine him bathing on a frequent basis. Yeah, the Puritans, the Puritans, the stuff they wrote just praising God for hard day's work and, like, <laughs> legitimately hard day's work. Yeah. I would, and, and sometimes I think I might be allergic <laughs> <laughs> to such hard days work out in the garden because I because I complained about cutting my my point two acre lawn with an electric lawnmower, you know. And they're out there with size. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and I Sickles. I couldn't even, I would chop my leg off with a scythe, you know. Yeah. So like I'm, I'd be a goner, man. And so I rest in comfort knowing that my suffering and, and the suffering that I I feel like we're going through now. Mm-hmm. Um, in this stage in human history, um, we, we have, we have not done it. We have, not, we will never be able to abolish it. There's nothing mm-hmm. because we'll, we'll cause it ourselves. Like we mm-hmm. cause it to ourselves, um, and, and, and to others. Right. Um, uh, I, I, but, it, but it's lower. I, uh, man, w- w- we're going to have to do, I know we've got ideas for our couch confession series, but we got to do one, a one-off on suffering Cause I have I have a chip on my shoulder. I need to get off. I've got a soapbox. I need to step on. <laughs> oh right. man! Oh, what a soapbox, oh. man! I don't think I've heard got, you talk about a soapbox in a while, Jonathan. I have got a rant. I've got a rant. I've got oh man. Mm. All right. Well, I'm looking forward to it. Write it down. Make a note. <sighs> we got to come back to the pain and yeah, suffering. Then I'm gonna have to do that because I'm gonna have to write it down because Lord knows I'm gonna get off on it. Um, but. Anyways, uh, one final question before we do our, our last little random one. Um, yeah. 
because we don't want to end on a bad note, and and we're not because we're pulling it around talking about you know uh, about how good we've got it despite the suffering. Yeah. Um. So as you're continuing to grow in your walk with Christ, um, what are some things? What are some practices that as you've matured, as you you've you know, and and I use that word lightly, even knowing myself, right? Um, yeah. As as, <laughs> as we've matured, right? Again, forty, you know, tw- uh, ten years from now, we're gonna say we were immature, but um, which we probably, probably. Are. but uh, yeah. what are some what are some practical things that you've tried to do to to grow in your walk? Um, you know, and these can just be your personal things that you've done, maybe even some recommendations that you have. But what are some things that you try to, to put into practice to continue that growth? You know, uh, it, this is Cal's Confessions un, un, under the uh, under the cushions. And, uh, and, and so I'll just be blatantly honest. I, I've regressed um, some recently. Yeah. And so, uh, you know, I... I want to do more than what I have, but I feel like I've gone backwards some on, uh, on making progress in my spiritual life. Um, yeah. And, and uh, there's plenty of excuses for it. Uh, none of them are good excuses, uh, because normally excuses aren't good. Um, so there's nothing really they Like I, I would love to start journaling. Uh, but then I also know that I'm probably not going to stick with it. Uh, because I, I'm going to see patterns because I've journaled before yeah. and I saw patterns in the journaling and then it just became more of just like the same old, same old. Mm. And so I'm not, I'm not entirely sure what my next steps are going to be yeah. on my spiritual walk um, with, with God. Yeah. Uh, it, it has involved a lot of podcasts, um, mm-hmm. not entirely just about, Christianity or the Bible, though, um, it, it has been a, a broadening step on just general religious topics um, and, and trying to understand, I guess, other perspectives. Not that I believe in anything other than Christianity. I'm, I still believe there's one way to God is through Christ alone. Um, and, and I am a, f- a fundamentalist in that sense. Right. I mean, I, I, I think fundamentalists get a bad rap, <laughs> but you know what I mean? I, I believe in the fundamental yeah. Christian tenets. Yes. Uh, I, I, I will never that, stray. Yeah, I think I'll never word, stray away from that. Yeah, um, I think that word gets gets thrown around a lot to be um, to be uh, closed minded and, and um, rigid and, and more uh, bigoted and, and, and things like that. But uh that's no, exactly I, right. I would, I would, yeah, yeah. I would, I would, I would, uh, I would, I would hold with you there. Um, there is a lot of things we can hold open handed, but, um, but yeah, fundamental yeah. tenets of Christianity. Yeah, we're not fundamental Christian uh, tenets. Uh, I'm still there on that page with, but as far as, um, you know, and I, I for one, I have tried to stray away from uh, saying uh, be a good Christian. Mm-hmm. I, I because to try to define a good Christian, I'm not exactly sure how you go about doing that. Mm-hmm. It's kind of the complete opposite of what, what Christianity is all about. It's not about being good. Um, it's a, it's about a journey, a walk, uh, with Christ, mm-hmm. uh, which makes you more Christ like, but it's not about good. That's a moral statement there mm-hmm. that, uh, and, and now that morality is different than Christianity, there's a Christian ethic 
but it's not, um, it's not, I'm not shooting to be a good or the best Christian. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, and I think part of the problem has been is that, um, my achievement mindset, even, even taking to spirituality has been, you know, if I, if I'm not trying to achieve anything with spirituality, yeah. then yeah. it kind of takes a backseat. Yeah. So, no, 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 and no. so yeah. how do you, how do you like reconcile those two things? 900% positive. Yeah. It's just been something I've been thinking about, you know, because you, I got done with Bible college uh, and, you know, I was I still continued to study theology a lot and read a lot of theological books because I had a lot of questions. I have felt like I've, I've answered a lot of them now. And mm-hmm. so now that those things have been answered, I felt like I achieved something um, mm-hmm. with it. And I felt like I achieved a relational position with Christ. Yeah. Um, but, but that's not really how relationships work. Right. right. So um, not on that. I think you bring up a good point and not to, uh, not to to say like it's okay to stay in 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 a certain area or that it's okay to regress. I'm not I'm not trying yeah. to say that, but I yeah. think it's um just to maybe ease the pressure off of others who are in the same place because you know I'm I'm, sure. I'm in the same boat right. Um, yeah. I think we get into a place, especially you know guys like us who went to Bible college. And we're very invested in theology, and and really do like achievement. I, I you know I I don't think I, I had the same you know I have a similar achievement mindset, but you know not yeah, yeah I'm not trying to say we're, we're both the same in that aspect, but but we have some similar similar aspects there. You know yeah. you're in that that's your day in day out of reading scripture, reading it for for classes, reading it for tests, reading it for papers reading it just to stay in conversation with the people you're around, you know, and, and you're, you're in the Bible and you're praying. It's like, that's the environment you're in. And then even when you come out of it, it's like, okay, I still have things I want to learn and I still have all these resources. Let's keep on going. But at some point, you know, you're not in that anymore. Uh, You've achieved what you felt like you wanted to achieve. Um, And life kind of happens and it does get set on the back burner. And so trying to figure out well, what does that look like for me anymore? Um, and I think we get to a place, at least for me, I'm like, well, this was what I was doing uh, when I when I was a pastor. And, and you know, um, I worked part time there and part time as a as a guitar instructor. And then I did, you know, doing this podcast on a regular basis. That's right. I've got all the time in the world to read and study and, and listen to things. And, you know, I've got all this stuff that I can do. And then life is different now, though. You know, my schedule is not right. the same. And so yep. part of my issue is I I can't do what I used to do. I'm not in the environment that I was in. And so it's like, well, I can't, if I can't do all that, I can't do anything. You know, I'm not going to do anything. Yeah, it's uh, all or nothing. Yeah. yeah. And and so I think it's it's acceptable from time to time to to be in a place of reevaluating what does this walk look like now? Um we don't want to stay there. Um That's but right. sometimes we do need some time to reassess. Um uh, but it's important not to not to stay there, right? Because we don't want to regress back to nothing. But That's right. But it is. It does take some time to kind of reevaluate. Like, what, 
What does spirituality look like? What does growing in that, that walk with Christ look like? Does it look like listening to podcasts? Does it look like journaling? Um, you know, does it look like reading a chapter a day? Does it look like following the Book of Common Prayer? You know, what is that? Yeah, and and you know, I think it I think it looks different for everybody at different seasons of their life. Mm-hmm. Um, it, you know, for me, it's just obviously is just start somewhere again. Yeah, you know, uh, I I was a big proponent during this, our season of Lent uh, of the Book of Common Prayer, and I got very used to listening to the podcast yeah. um, that I was listening to to go through the Book of Common Prayer every day, um, but just just out of habit, it just fell out. I'm not exactly sure where it went. I know that my I know that you know things in my life changed after that season of Lent. Uh, you know, my daily routine and everything, work routine and whatnot, changed, and so I'm I'm certain that that's where it, it started you know, it started to fall apart was around that time period. Um, but, but again, no good reason, just reason, you know, um, uh, you know, I, I would just encourage people to just do something. Uh, yeah. I mean, I don't have the answer on what that is for you because I don't even know what that is for myself, mm-hmm. but, and that's just brutal honesty, you know, yeah. uh, but, but just try something and don't be afraid to to start something new, I guess. Uh, yeah. because I, I guess I, I might have to find something new too. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and, you know, and it's, I wish I was that person who would stick with something for like 30 years and like leave a legacy of that, um, you know, almost like how Zach thinks of his grandfather, you know, leaving that type of legacy. But, you know, I mean, each person's different. And, uh, and you know, if, if you're like me out there, y'all, uh, and you've got to change up on a frequent basis because you get tired of the same old routine, listen, I don't think there's anything wrong with it. I just think that it, it's just, you know, relationships change over a period of time. Uh, and I think that uh, any honest effort to to uh, connect with uh, Christ and, and the Father, uh, I think that meets, I think that, I think that makes them, I think that makes them, uh, I, I don't like using emotional terms for God in a lot of ways. <laughs> mm. <laughs> because, but, I, but I think that that, I think that honors them. Yeah. You know, yeah. so. Yeah, every now and again you get bored of Acadia and you just gotta drive fourteen hours to the yeah Quebecois that's right. countryside. That's exactly that's exactly right, man. I mean that one hundred percent. So <laughs> on your honeymoon, yeah. no less. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You don't waste a good vacation. That's what I always say. <laughs> you, got, you already got the time off. You've budgeted yeah, enough. That's a, just go. That's for what it. I. That's what I told my wife. I was like, listen, like we might not be able to take another week long trip for years. Like I'm doing this. <laughs> you're, you're already, when is the next time you're going to be that close? To exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, and yeah, I was really trying to swing it to, to get over to some other places in one week. And I was like, ah, eh, you know, probably, probably don't want to push it too much. So, but. All right. Well, oof. we got one more random question here. Um, so you get, and these are deep, which I, I think I'm still playing around with the format. I don't know if it's advantageous to put these deep questions. I mean, cause we just, I mean, this has been a one heck of a discussion and this has now, been a marathon, you know, it's Man. like, it's like, and one more thing, you know, like, <laughs> I don't, I don't know. We're going to have to, hey, this, is the, this is, this is the third interview I've done. This is the second one that's actually going to air. 
we're still workshopping this format, okay? I'll tell you, man. Uh, I'm warmed up on deep though, so you know. <laughs> All right. I don't. Well, you get you get a one through five again. Um, uh, three. Uh, still okay. All right. Okay. <laughs> Well, this I one, feel like that's a question at this point. This one, this one, um, this one might not uh, go as far, so that might All be right. good. Okay, good. Um, sure. Have you ever had any reoccurring dreams, and what were they? You know, uh, not really. Um, okay. I I do like have a recurring style dream. Okay. I think, it, and that's probably what most people have. I, I say most because I'd like to think that I'm in that category with most people um, is that we have styles, not the same recurring dream. Okay. Um, and it's just stress dreams. You know, okay. I, I have a bunch of stress dreams, uh, you know? Uh, so, but that's, again, that's just my, my inner nature coming out during sleep, I guess, too. So mm-hmm. of my, my, my introverted worry in state just coming out in my sleep. So, <laughs> I mean, I think, I think, have you ever had this experience, Jonathan, uh, yeah. where like, if you think about something like an old dream that you had, mm-hmm. that was like very memorable mm-hmm. that right before you go to sleep again, that you have something similar to it, if not the same dream. Mm-hmm. I used to have, I, mean, I used to have, uh, two reoccurring dreams, uh, when I was really younger, uh, and, uh, they would come back when I was a teenager occasionally when I, when I would just happen to remember them. But throughout the day, like, I will, I'll do this occasionally when I wake up, um, different parts of dreams. And it's been a a little while since I've had, like, an actual dream that I can remember. But often, uh, what I think about during the day, I'll be like, the next morning, I'll be like, oh, yeah, I was thinking about this and this and this right before bed. And that's, that's where it was when I was, uh, when I was dreaming. There you go. You know, I just wish I was, uh, the type of person who could dream of, like, pizza Mm-hmm. and uh and have a you know but right before bed think of pizza and then dream about eating pizza <laughs> i think that would be a great diet technique if we were able to master the ability to like fully appreciate the sensation of eating <laughs> uh delicious foods at night that way uh then we, we don't have to worry have about to... during the day yeah exactly and we could just i think there's some money there I have a, I've got a buddy of mine who swears by lucid dreaming and, and apparently can do it pretty well. Um, really? He tries on it. And he's given me a book on like lucid dreaming and interpreting dreams. Um, I can, occasionally I can do some lucid dreaming, uh, but it never, never lasts very long. He talks about though, um, when you really get into uh, lucid dreaming, and I'm not going to go into explaining lucid dreaming. We, we're already, you know, way, well into this podcast. Uh, but uh, he talks about some crazy things that uh, can happen, like sleep paralysis and things like that, if you really you too much with that. Yeah. Never experienced Yeah, you know, that. I I don't know too much about lucid dreaming, but uh, it is a... It'd be wonderful. Uh, It'd be wonderful. It's a little weird, do. and it could be absolutely phenomenal, I guess, in some ways. Um, but... But yeah, I, I don't know. I, yeah, that that's a that's a pretty good question. Have I'm you, not much for for dreaming. Um, I I swear uh, that I I don't remember most of the dreams I have. But I do wake up in certain moods, and I mm. think a lot of times that has to do with what I was dreaming about. Mm. So have you has uh, have you ever done something in your wife's dream, and then she got ticked at you the next morning because of that? Oh my god, all the time, dude. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> I mean, all the time. That's My a- wife always she constantly has dreams about me like not like either showing other women affection or um you know or ignoring her um and those are like the two big ones just showing affection to another woman or ignoring her is enough to like you know like oh, i hate you you know wake up and say oh, i really hate you and i'm like hey, you know it wasn't me it was dream me like what what's have- new you know i mean yeah. <laughs> so dream david no, getting you in all kinds of trouble she has yeah she has way more dreams that she remembers than what i do and i'm like i oh. i don't know you have a very active dream life i on the other hand i i, I don't think i do that's so. that's another area of study we've got to we've got to investigate for our our science podcast no doubt our but i think we need podcast. to take the food route for that one um okay you know yeah. I, I think I, we need to take like the food that. route yeah. of if we were able to lucidly dream about eating pizza, uh, Will could we... we avoid actually eating pizza? Yes. I... Or would it actually make us eat more pizza? Mm. In real life, you know? Mm. I don't know. These are all questions that we've got to get answers to for our listeners, so That's right. no doubt. That's right. That's so. right. Well, I think that I think that is it, right? For our yeah, that's, that's all I got, okay. man. No, I all you've got. Jeez. I do. I <laughs> I've got a lot more. We got a lot more we can talk about. Sir. <laughs> I do have one more request. I have not been able to figure out a good send off for this show. All right. Okay. I got right. nothing um, other than just uh, it's been great. I've been Jonathan. You've been David. This has been under the cushions. I mean, I got I got nothing creative, man. We we had we're, pour we're, one out for Jesus. We had uh, play that funky music. We're lifting the, the cushions. We're, yeah, but we're but, lifting the cushions. But now we're putting them back down. It's the end of the show. Oh yeah, yeah, we're putting it back. So are we going back? I'm so confused about nothing. how we're doing this. I got nothing. Yeah. Um. Okay. Uh. Maybe we just don't have a catchy. Maybe it's just a good night and good luck. I don't. I don't know. Good, good night and good luck. Um, wasn't that? Wasn't that? Uh. One of the like uh, uh, Roker's thing or Good Night know. Vietnam. Um. No, we'll get sued for that. Yeah. That that's true. Too close. Um. Too close. Uh. What do we? What do we want? <laughs> I don't know, man. We got to figure this out. I think I think we're good on just uh, just a very generic. Uh, this, is, this has been good. We'll see you next time. Yeah. See. See. See you. Uh, see you back on the couch. Yeah. <laughs> see you back on the couch. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we'll figure it out. <laughs> yeah. All right, man. Well, this has been fun, man. Yeah, so I've enjoyed it. <laughs>